0: I mean, Marlins fans are on a collision course back down to earth after today's loss to the New York Mets. The Marlins lose the last two games of the series against the Mets and drop two out of three against their division rivals. And all of a sudden the Marlins are staring at a 7-3 record and back-to-back losses and some of the holes in this team have been exposed over the past two nights. What's going on, guys? It's Ethan Madowski here, here to recap the last two games of the Mets and Marlins series. We talked about game one after the Marlins were on their winning streak, but their winning streak sadly came to an end on Saturday night, and the losing streak started um, with a loss today, this afternoon, against the Mets in game three of the series. Um, it It was a tough game for sure. Um, The Marlins, you know, they kind of, you kind of saw some of the things that you were concerned about coming into the year with the Marlins. Um, There was some bad umpiring, but nevertheless, the Marlins got beat the last two nights and they need to rally again. Still, the Marlins sit in pretty good position. They're in first place in the National League. So all things considered, it's really not that terrible. We're complaining about being seven and three after 10 games with a makeshift roster. um, And it seems like the sky is falling but it's really not and the Marlins have a chance to get back on track in this next week. So let's go into the games. Let's talk about game 2 and 3 here as we go to the pad. Um, game through game 2, excuse me, was an 8-4 loss to the Mets. Daniel Castano got the start. He was the other piece, the throw in, you could say, in the Marcelo Zuna trade to the Cardinals. All four players that the Marlins acquired in that trade have now made their major league debuts. Obviously, Zach Gallen is now with the Diamondbacks. As a result, the Marlins have Jazz Chisholm in their system. We might see some of him this year. Um, But nevertheless, it seems like the Marlins won that trade, especially considering now that Ozuna is in a different organization completely. He's with the Braves. Um, But Castano made his way up. He had a good year last year, made his way up to the big leagues this year as a result of all this roster movement going on. Um, He was okay. He wasn't great.
1: Just try to follow in line with what other guys have done before him over the course of this last week. McNeil 0 for four, a couple of strikeouts last night. And swings through that one. There are two outs. He's not had a problem getting ahead, Paul. He's had a problem putting the hitters away. Well, he puts away Dozier on a pitch that he thought might have been a little outside, but nevertheless, his second strikeout of the game. 0-2 to Billy Hamilton. And Costano teaches him how to say goodbye with the strikeout. He
0: he had a high strike percentage. He threw 50 of 76 pitches for strikes. Um, He went four and a third, allowed five hits and four runs, all of those coming on two two two-run homers, including gator great Pete Alonso, who got on the board. It was his first home run in 10 games. Um, So he just kind of got beat there. Um, he had four strikeouts though. It really wasn't terrible. He didn't let the game get away from him, but it certainly wasn't great. You can't be giving up two home runs. Um, you know, especially two, two runs and, and the Marlins offense didn't really help him out that much. Um, the bullpen kept it in check for a pretty good while Forsyth got one back with a home run and then they got one back to go up five two. And then it looked like the Marlins were going to scratch and claw their way back into the game. When Monte Harrison um, delivered his first RBIs on his second hit of his career, um, he took a nice—you know—he took a a pitch um, and and did did a nice piece of hitting to drive it in in between the shift um, through the right side of the infield.
1: Here's a 1-0. And a ground ball. Is oh. it going to get through? It does. That'll bring home one, and it might bring home a second. Here's the throw. It's not in time, and Monte Harrison comes through with a base hit and drives home two runs. It's a one-run game. Here we go. I tell you, the two-hour rallies with this Marlins group.
0: It was a really nice piece of hitting from Monte, and we'll talk about him later. Um, there's plenty of talk of You know to talk about there but it was a nice piece of hitting and good to see him you know not trying too hard not trying to do too much just kind of shooting the ball the other way picking up a couple rbis that was really good that was maybe the one positive on the offensive side of the ball um from monte in this series so um after that you know it was five four and the marlins looked like they were scrapping their way back into it but again the bullpen finally kind of blew up Um, And, and, you know, I talked about it in the video after the win on Friday night um, that it was kind of coming because the bullpen has been so taxed that the Marlins needed a long start. They didn't really get one um, in either of these two games. Um, We'll talk about Pablo's start in a minute. But, I mean, you know, four and a third is not really what you're looking for. And so the bullpen had to pitch the majority of the game um, and it got to them Uh, Brian Moran put two on. And then Josh A. Smith led up the three-run home run that broke the game open, and that was all she wrote from there. The Mets went up eight-four, never looked back, and that was the final score. So they finally got to the bullpen, the Marlins' bullpen. You know the 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 weight that's been on their shoulders the past couple day, a uh, few days. The weight that was on their shoulders in Baltimore kind of finally caught up to them, um, and it was a tough night for the bullpen. The Marlins lose Game Two, eight to four. Now, let's go to today's game, Sunday afternoon's game. The Marlins took a four-two loss in this one. It was closer than you could say it was closer than it it, the score. You could also say it was um, you know the the score doesn't give the Mets justice um, in terms of you know how good they were at keeping the Marlins off the board. Um, But let's talk about it, Pablo. You know, I said we needed six innings from him. We needed a long start from him. He got five, which was pretty good. He could have gotten six. He only threw 80 pitches. Um, But I haven't loved how quick Mattingly has been to pull starters, um, especially considering what's going on in the bullpen right now. Um, But he gave Pablo the hook after five. Uh, I kind of thought it was a, a quick decision from him. But anyway, let's look at the line for Pablo. He let up five hits. Three runs. He walked four, and he had four strikeouts. The changeup was really working for him. It was it was a really nice pitch. Probably should have had a couple more strikeouts. Um, he was getting squeezed by the umpire. The umpiring um, in in this game was really terrible on both sides. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to make the excuse and say the Marlins lost because of the umpiring because they didn't. The Marlins had plenty of chances to win the game, despite the umpiring, um, but I definitely think Pablo goes a little deeper into this game and has a little bit of a cleaner line, especially those four walks, if he's not getting squeezed so much. Um, It was really just a poor effort from the umpire on both sides, Um, but you know, like I said, that's not the reason the Marlins lost the game. Um, You have to still win the game despite the umpire when the umpire's bad, and the Marlins were unable to do that. Um, So, Pretty good from Pablo. Not what we saw in his first start, um, but pretty good all things considered. Um, he, he held it together, and you know he got out of some tough jams without a ton of j- damage. Um, Corey Dickerson dropped a fly ball in left field. That should have been caught. That would have gotten the Marlins out of the inning with one run instead of two runs in the third. Um, but you know it, it was the little things for the Marlins kind of caught up to them today, and um, I think that's one of the biggest reasons that they lost this game. Uh, let's talk about some good things. Um, so Aguilar had the bomb. They were down three, nothing, and then Aguilar hit a two-run bomb to get them back into it. You're thinking, okay, here we go. You know, this is this is them fighting and scratching and doing everything they can riding the wave as they've been doing. Um, but. It just kind of wasn't enough. They didn't get enough offense from the rest of the guys because afterwards, um, Tarpley loaded the bases. Steven Tarpley came in and loaded the bases. And then Mike Morin came in. He only led up one, which was good. He held it together. He had one out um, and the bases loaded and he let up only a sack fly. Um, But that got it to 4-2 and that just was too much for the Marlins. It was insurmountable today. Um, because, and one of the main reasons is because they were really poor with runners in scoring position. They were two for 10 with runners in scoring position. And two of the guys um, that were the worst in those situations today are two of the guys that you're looking for, for a ton of offense. Um, You know, hopefully if you're the Marlins and especially if you're Marlins fans right now, which is Monte Harrison and Jonathan VR. Today, they were a combined 0-for-9 with eight strikeouts. Both had the Golden Sombrero. They left 11 guys on base combined. That's really poor out of the 9-and-1 spots. You can't be getting that kind of production. You know, you need those guys to drive in runs. Monte needs to do better. He needs to drive in runs with the bases loaded. He had bases loaded, I think, twice, and he came up empty both times. VR had a really tough series. We'll get to that in a second, um, but... Again, the little things kind of added up for the Marlins today. Bad situational hitting, kind of going back to the old Marlins—the Marlins that can't hit with scoring runners in scoring position ever. Um, The Marlins that you know the bullpen kind of gets to them, but the bullpen—you know—they only allowed one run today, but still, um, they they needed to have Pablo's back a little more than they did, especially with the way the offense was producing. So it it wasn't enough for the Marlins. Um, They get the two-run bond from Aguilar. But again, the little things add up and the Marlins lose and they drop the last two games of the series. So let's take a look at the series as a whole. Let's start with the bad. Um, like, I, like I've like i been talking about for the past you know, few days, it, the bullpen is taxed. The bullpen needs a rest. Um, we've got Eliezer and Yams coming up in the next series. We'll get to that in a second. Um, the bullpen's taxed. Thankfully, there's two days off this week that will be huge for the Marlins um, because it'll get those guys a chance to kind of sit and reset, um, and and that'll be huge for them. But the bullpen needs some help, and the reason the bullpen needs some help is because starters aren't going deep, and that's the next thing on the bad list is that the starters need to pick up the bullpen. They need to start going deep. You know. Um, Mejia had 60-something pitches in the third inning the other night. That can't be happening. Castano had a bunch of pitches, uh, had 76 pitches through four and a third. That can't be happening. You know, these guys have to start throwing cleaner innings. They've got to start working quicker innings, pitching more efficiently, attacking the strike zone more, um, because they're setting up the bullpen to be taxed. And the bullpen's doing a pretty good job. They're doing all they can, but eventually it's going to catch up to them when they're pitching, you know, four or five innings every night. The Marlins starters have to do a better job of going deeper into games. The next bad thing, bad situational hitting. We just talked about it. Two for 10 with runners in scoring position today. That's really not good. That's really, really bad. You can't be hitting 200 with runners in scoring position consistently and expect to win a bunch of ballgames. Marlins need to do a better job hitting with runners in scoring position like they were doing in the Baltimore series, like they were doing in the Philly series, if they want to get more production out of this offense. Yeah, we we had guys out there. We just didn't get the big hit. But honestly, they had the same thing. Uh, they uh, could, They both teams could have scored a ton of runs if they got some big hits. So, um, you know, it was kind of even from both teams leaving guys and having opportunities and didn't really capitalize. Villar's got to come up bigger. Monte's got to come up bigger. Dickerson has got to come up bigger. He was a little better in the last few games, um, in the last couple games, I mean, but he's got to come up bigger. He's got to drive in some runs. You know, the, 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 the lineup is light. You know, you, you're not wanting to see Birdie, I'm looking at it now. Birdie, Joyce, Lavarnway, and Eddie Alvarez in the lineup every day. That's not the lineup that you want to see every day. But those guys have to come through, and and, and the guys that really need to come through are the guys that are in the lineup every day, like VR, like Monte, like Dickerson. So, um, you know, even Joyce, who's going to be in the lineup more often than than a Lavarnway or an Eddie, um, but. Might not be in it every day. He's got to come through, and and those guys had some really tough at bats in some poor, in some, um, you know, big situations, and then VR and Monte. So let's talk about. Um VR, you know he's a good player. He's going to go through up and downs. It happens. Um, it's really frustrating when he goes through downs because we know what he can be when he's good. He had a really, really tough series. He had a lot of really bad at bats the last couple of nights. He's got to be better if the Marlins want to get this offense going, especially because he's hitting in the leadoff spot. Let's talk about Monte. You know, I've hyped Monte up as the next big thing. I still think he's going to be a really good major leaguer. I'm not going to overreact to six or seven games, whatever he's played in now. Um, But he's got to be better. His approach is really good. Like, his approach is what, you know... More than what I expected from him. He's working deep counts. He's working three-ball counts. Um, He's laying off, you know, tough breaking pitches, laying off off off-speed stuff. Um, So that's really good. That's what you want to see from Monte. But he has to put the bat on the ball. He swung through a lot of good fastballs that were over the plate today from DeGrom, from Hughes, from uh, Edwin Diaz. Uh, his, his strikeout against Edwin Diaz was 97, 98, 99 over the plate, and he just swung right through all of them. He's got to start putting the bat on the ball more, making more contact. He's still going to be a good player. I really like his approach, and I think results will come with approach, but results will also come with putting the ball in play, and he needs to do that more. There's some fine tuning that needs to be done with Monte, but I still think he'll be a good player. I'm not panicking yet. I won't mind if they send him back to the alternate training site. Um, I think it's a possibility. But also, you got to let him work out the kinks, um, and and I think you know he if he makes some small adjustments with Rousin and starts putting the ball and play more. He'll be a, a good hitter. Let's talk about the good, because we haven't done a lot of that. Corey Dickerson, after hitting a little bit of a funk, had three hits the last two nights. That's definitely a good thing. You want to see him get going. Brian Anderson is still really good. He was three for seven with a walk the last couple nights. A, a, a negative is that he had four strikeouts. So every time he got out, he struck out. But um, he's still really good. He made a nice defensive play today. You know, he, 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 extend BA, extend him. He's still hitting over 300 for the year so far. So good series for Brian Anderson. A really really good jesus aguilar he was definitely the mvp of the series if we had one um he, he had six hits in the series, two doubles, the home run today. And the big thing is for a power hitter like that, he only struck out one time. That's really huge. He's putting the ball in play. Um, even if he's getting out, you know, it's it's productive, and he's helping the team and keeping the line moving. So I, I, like, I love what I'm seeing from Aguilar so far, you know, that established major league presence that the Marlins needed to get the offense rolling. He's been that guy so far, and it was a great series for him. The last thing that was really good is that, you know, For all the negative things that we've talked about today, the Marlins still had a fighting spirit. They were still in this game right to the end. You know, they loaded the bases towards the end of it. Um, They gave themselves a chance. They gave themselves chances to win the game. The problem is they didn't take advantage of the chances to win the game. So that's definitely a positive that they're in these games and that they're competing and that they're not letting these games get away from them. There were plenty of chances for the game to get away from the Marlins today, but they held on. They did a good job of not letting it get away from them. And so that's certainly something positive to take away amidst all the negatives now we look forward after this met series the marlins have a day off tomorrow i said that's a huge huge that's very big for the marlins they need that very badly that's a huge thing for the bullpen especially we go to to buffalo to face the blue jays i know that sounds weird but yes we're sending up to buffalo to face the toronto blue jays up there all those kids we got Bichette's kid we got vlad's kid and uh who else? Biggio's kid. And then we face a really good, he's not a kid a, a, a kid in terms of being a son of a former Major League Baseball player, but he's a kid. We'll talk about him in a second. He's going to be pitching on Wednesday. So on Tuesday, the matchup is Eliezer Hernandez, who had a pretty good outing in Baltimore the other night. Marlins need him to eat up some innings. It would be nice to see him get into the fifth again against Hunjin Ryu, the big uh, free agent signing for the Blue Jays. He's their ace. So that's a lefty. We'll expect to see Monte and Brinton in the lineup. Um, And then Wednesday is where we really get to see the firepower um, for the Blue Jays. Yamamoto will be on the mound for the Marlins. I'm excited to see him. Hopefully he'll bounce back from what was kind of a tough start the other night and definitely want to see him go five or six innings. And then it's Nate Pearson on the bump for the Blue Jays. If you haven't heard about this kid, Go check him out. Um, He's going to throw gas. He's got good off-speed stuff. He's just one of these kids that's just coming up, and and all these pitchers that are coming up now seem to be throwing gas with good off-speed stuff and good breaking stuff, Um, and he's just the next one for the Blue Jays. He has ace potential for them. So it'll certainly be an interesting series for the Marlins. The Marlins need to get back rolling. They need to get some momentum back in the clubhouse. They need to start riding that wave again, getting it back up, and, um, and they head to... Buffalo, not Toronto. They head to Buffalo on Tuesday night to start getting back in the swing of things.